going on, Rundown Nation? Welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. This is Championship Week, Walt. Back to the uh, back to the championships before we get to the bowl games, huh? Oh, opening day was just it was just yesterday, Woj. I mean, it's 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 a bittersweet moment. We get to see the championships, but it's the last week of college football and the season that is. It literally was last week for the Pac-12, Wall, but I won't go there. <laughs> last week's yeah. Well, let's get into some uh, cleaning house here first. We had DraftKings League this week. Wall, you went back to back. Uh, you claim can you uh, can you get to stories uh, three peat uh, this week? That's the big question coming. We'll find out, Woj. I'll try right. my best. You scored 166.50 points. You had Sean Clifford, quarterback for Penn State, scored you 213 per point. You had Isaiah, the running back from Rutgers, scored you 197 point. And then George Pickens, the wide receiver from Georgia, scored you 196 per point. So you had a good quality guys there for a cash game. Year-long swag contest, I still lead with 3.5. Cruz, 2-4-4, is in second with 3.61. Ace Kyle Wall is in third with 3.76. James, 0-3. Jamie, we've had him on the show before, the real Jay-Z. He's in fourth with 3.85. And Story, 1-1-3-5, is in fifth with 3.92. Last week, everyone, so get your picks in. Uh, it's still tight, anyone's game. We're going to do the uh, Saturday 11-game main slate. I wish it was just a Big Ten lineup, but we're doing the Saturday 11-game main slate. Now on to uh, last week's games. We had uh, UNC putting a beat down on Miami wall. That was uh, that was something. Michael Carter had 48.7 fantasy points, and Javante Williams had 46.6 fantasy points. Usually not a great idea to take two running backs from the same team on your DraftKings team, but it would have worked out pretty well this week, last week, wall. It did. I mean, Miami, they looked absolutely pathetic on run defense. They could not stop anyone. I mean, you could put, you know, put my grandma back there. She's going to score a touchdown against that Miami pitiful rush defense. 554 yards on the ground. Fantasy points aside, those are real yards that we're talking about. 224 yards in the air, 62 to 26. I mean, UNC just wiped the floor with these guys. They shouldn't have even been playing, really. It looked like the best team in the nation playing a bunch of scrubs, Woj. Yeah, it didn't look good at all. Uh, yeah, but we got another team that keeps on coasting. Coastal keeps coasting. Well, avoid, or, you know, pardon my pun, but uh, beats Troy 42 to 38, and we'll play Louisiana this Saturday for the conference championship. Uh, already beat the Raging Cajuns this year, 30 to 27. Uh, speaking of a, a team that uh, uh, has beat Iowa State, though, is the Raging Cajuns. They beat Iowa State first game of the season, 31 to 14. And guess where Iowa State is? They're sixth in the rankings. Well, sixth. Well, just the playoff committee failed. I mean, they're, this is awful. How do you put Iowa State number six when they have two losses? They lost to a Sun Belt team. They're in the worst of the top three conferences in the nation. I mean, it is pathetic, Woj. They failed almost as bad as the Big Ten failed this week. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, there's, I know a Coastal fan, and he's livid about it as well because not only did, have they beaten Louisiana and possibly going to beat them twice, They've also beat Kansas, who Iowa State did beat, but they beat them by both teams comparatively into a bigger margin. Uh, so why is uh, why is the playoff committee thinking Iowa State's all this in a bag of chips and uh, Coastal's still sitting back at 12 in that case? And uh, they're just pretty confused about that. 
Um, but we'll see. We'll see how they do in the championship game. I, I don't see Iowa State, even if they do beat Oklahoma in the Pac-12 or Big 12 championship, I don't see them ever making it into the playoff anyways. So uh, it is what it is. But, yeah, that, that number six seed is, is weird, Scra- head-scratching for sure. LSU uh, beats Florida in a close game last week while the LSU LSU – LSU, who was the, the team in the championship last year, national championships, and they, they, they can't just get it together this year, come out, play Florida, and beat them. What is that all about? Well, I, they weren't just the team in the championship. Coach. They, were, they were the national champion. They won that game. I'm sure you remember. We were watching it together. But, hey, Marco Wilson, the cornerback over there on Florida, I mean, he's probably kicked out of the University of Florida by now. He yeah. threw a shoot, Woj. Did you see it? Did you see it happen? <laughs> that was bad. I I know. That was bad. No, he threw a sh- Why do you throw a shoe, man? You get a fourth down stop or a third down stop, bring him to fourth down, but you throw a shoe and give him a first down. What is this kid smoking? I mean, he's high. He's taking advantage of these new, you know, legalization of marijuana laws, apparently, because you don't throw a shoe down the field. What happened? It kept LSU's drive going. They hit a 57-yard field goal. Florida comes down with their opportunity. They miss a 51-yard field goal on the ensuing drive. They lose the game, Woj. They lost the game because he threw a shoe. Hey, hey, don't throw the shoes. Listen, all all kids out there that are listening. Don't don't throw a shoe in football. No, don't do it, Woj. It's, I mean, this kid's a college kid. You'd think you would know that. But it brings up another point we talked about a couple weeks ago. Kickers are important, Woj. Don't, you know, don't forget about these kickers. 57-yard field goal to win the game. Florida had their opportunity with their kicker. Missed it. So we talked about Seth Small over there at A&M, how good of a kicker he is, how much it helps out your team. Hey, this is the proof in the pudding right here. It is. It is. Uh, good for LSU. Uh, we're going to talk. I, I'm going to talk about them a little bit as well And uh, for some DraftKings. They're in the slate this week. And, Kind of like their uh, their matchup, but uh, just some other news: their transfer portal is going crazy this week. Uh, kids transferring left and right. There was a lot of opt-outs this year, which means they get back their eligibility, which means they don't need to sit out. Others are just transferring on grad transfers. But holy cow, if you just look at the news and the news feed from college football, it is a bunch of transfers and portals. So see if your favorite guy is still at your school. You never know. Now, moving on to the games this week, Big Ten Championship, number 14, Northwestern, 6-1 and one at a number 4, Ohio State, 5-0, and oh, 11 a.m. on Fox, Wall. I mean, it's it's the big one for the Big Ten, quote-unquote, I guess, however you want to look at it. Northwestern plus 20-and-a-half, over-under a 57. Remember, Northwestern, they're a team here from Illinois, so anyone that's like us from Illinois, we're not going to see a line on this game. So, hey, you heard it here, line's at 20-and-a-half as of right now. Over under 57. I don't know. Is that sexy, Woj? Is that sexy this week? 20 and a half in a Big Ten championship game. That, I just want everybody to just let that sink in for a second. 20 and a half. Uh, Northwestern doesn't deserve to be in this spot considering the way they've been playing, in my opinion. Um, but I am biased to a Hawkeye fan, uh, and I think they are playing bar none better than Northwestern. Not to say that my Hawkeyes would beat Iowa State, Ohio State, I mean. Uh, they would definitely beat Iowa State, but I'm not sure Without about question, Ohio State. Lord. Without yeah. question. Iowa State, um, they'd stop them. They'd curb stop them. <laughs> but Ohio State is just a quicker team. 
I, I mean, they're just a quicker team than Northwestern. I know they got the fighting Reese Davises over there. Uh, that meme will go on to live for quite a while, I feel like. Um, but they need a lot of help from Ohio State to win this game, to be honest. And it comes to turnovers. You know, Northwestern has 16 takeaways in the season between interceptions and fumbles. Uh, fields through three interceptions in the Indiana game, and that's what kept Indiana in the game. Um, but that was his only interceptions on the season. Fields' only interceptions was in that game. So uh, they're going to need a lot of help from Ohio State to end up winning this, I think. Uh, defense alone isn't going to win you this game. You're going to need the score because Ohio State is going to score. We talked about when we were talking about the Pac-12 earlier this uh, – or not the Pac-12, the Big 12 earlier this year with Oklahoma State and not being able to score, but their defense was really good. When you play teams like Oklahoma and Texas, you're going to have to score points because they're no, no matter what, they're going to end up scoring points on you. So same kind of mentality here. I don't care how good your defense is. You're going to have to score offensive points with your defense uh, to win a football game. But talking about fields, he's at 9,800 on the slate this week. Uh, he is not the most expensive player. Elijah Moore, the wide receiver from Old Miss, is at 9,900. And I understand that. Elijah Moore is a monster. He gets more than like 40% of the target share over there. It's pretty wild. And that's all they do is throw. So, uh, But Fields is a monster in his own right. 35.85 average fantasy points per game this season with multiple 40-plus games. Can't go without taking one of the most consistent – or can't go without talking about one of the most consistent quarterbacks in college football, especially when we're talking you know, cash games. you got small deviation with high numbers, cash game dream. Uh, but will Northwestern slow him down? Northwestern is the best in the Big Ten against QBs, only giving up 13 fantasy points per game. Uh, and on the other side of that, Ohio State is 12 out of 13 in the Big Ten, uh, by the way, giving up uh, 24 fantasy points per game. Not very good on their end, but uh, they still keep winning. They're 4-5-0, and number four in the nation. So we'll see, uh, we'll see that game again at 11 a.m. on Fox. On to our next game, number five, Texas A&M, 7-1 at Tennessee, 3-6, 11 a.m. on ESPN, Well, Well, we're not on to our next game. I mean, the elephant's in the room. We talk about the Big Ten Championship. What's supposed to be going on this week, Woj? Number one, supposed to be playing number one, right? Number two, supposed to be playing number two. Number three, playing number three, right? They fucked up there, Wall. They fucked up hard. That's Whoa, it's, it's not rocket science, right? One plays it's, one. It's, it's not. You just go, you, you put one roster on one side, one on the other, and you just match up the teams, right? I think they got a script. The, they they must have they must have been drunk, or I, I don't know who they were having right to draw the lines, but the lines went all over the place. Well, they're squiggly lines, Woj. You're right. They're, these are some squiggly lines. They're drunk people drawing these squiggly lines. Because why would you have Iowa, number two best team in the Big Ten? Their division for sure, arguably the best, second best team in the whole conference. Why would you have them playing scrubs in Michigan? A game you know that's not going to happen anyways because Michigan, they don't want to show up on the field after their embarrassments this year. Why yeah, would you third, have them play in Michigan? week, not on the field, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's good for them. I mean, it's an embarrassment to their program for them to actually field players on there. But I just don't understand it. Put Iowa against Indiana. You know why they don't want to do that, Woj? Because Iowa's going to beat Indiana. That's what's going to happen, and it's going to discredit Ohio State's big win. That's only Ohio State's only big win on the season, and they don't want to discredit that win of Ohio State's. Yeah, it's a bunch of bull crap, Wall. I, I don't know what our – yeah, and you know who the – well, you've talked about it before, but the head of the uh, playoff committee this year is none other than the Iowa 
athletic director. I, I don't know what we're thinking here. I, I really wish they just wouldn't have let Ohio State in so we could have played Ohio State. But maybe the squiggly lines, we wouldn't. they would have been playing like Illinois or somebody. Who no, knows? They'd be no, they'd be playing – you know, a team they know they'd be playing uh, Michigan again or something where they know it's going to cancel, so Ohio State doesn't have to go out there and perform. They just get their automatic pass into the playoffs. Yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. I don't agree with it. I don't understand it. They told us one thing at the beginning of the year. They go back on their word with the Ohio State thing, which I pretty much understand just because of the circumstances where they could essentially just forfeited that Michigan game, gone with the loss and the record, and still made it to the Big Ten game no matter that. Um, but I, and then they go back on their word with the the cool idea they had where everyone's going to play on Saturday. We're going to have, you know, one versus one, two versus two, three versus three in the championship game, the last game of the day. Um, and now we get the championship game at 11, and all these other games are scrambled on Fridays and Saturdays, and no one's playing the correct opponent. So um, it's a bunch of baloney. I mean, it just it doesn't make sense. It was a really cool idea. Really enjoyed it. When in thinking about it at the beginning of the year, got excited for it, and now it's just kind of blown up in our face. So, um, on that note, we will move out of the Big Ten. We'll move into the SEC. Texas A&M number five, seven and one at Tennessee, three and six, 11 a.m. on ESPN. Wall. It's a 13 and a half point spread in this game, Woj. You're talking about Texas A&M, obviously, given that 13 and a half over under a 51 and a half. I'd expect to see this spread go up a little bit. I mean, this should be a higher spread. I don't know why it was set here at the open. It should be 15 and a half at least. If there's one thing I'm thinking, maybe the books are counting on that possibility of Tennessee being a spoiler. It happens every year, right? Well, it happens the number of times. There's always a spoiler in the Big Ten. It's usually Michigan State that just spoils the program for somebody in the Big Ten, and then they have an awful season in their own right. But Tennessee, I mean, they're not really an awful team. They're just they're in the wrong conference, Woj. They're not going to be a good team in this conference for quite some time. They're trying hard. I give them that. But they're they're just in the wrong conference. Not an awful team. A&M, a team that they don't really go out for – they don't go for those blowout wins, which maybe that's why this spreads down a little bit. I respect that. I more than respect that. You don't need to shove it in your opponent's face. You need to score more points than them. Make sure you're the dominant team throughout. Don't put your position yourself in a position to lose. But they don't go for those big blowout wins. Try to win the game with the control of the clock. They like that clock control. They had the ball 63% of the time against Auburn, won 31 to 20. That was their last game. You know, this is a game, though, AM, they need to win decisively. You know, a squeak by win for them does nothing. Outside of the top four teams, AM, I mean, the playoff committee sent a message. They put Iowa State at number six. Absolutely no way Iowa State's getting in the playoffs with people that are sober making the decisions, Woj. So they kind of made a statement that A&M is the only team, if things go awry, A&M is the only team that can get in. So A&M needs to get that decisive win to help out their chances of getting in, you know, make a bet based on the end goal of the better team, which is A&M getting a lot of points over this Tennessee team, manhandling them. You know, better team generally controls most aspects of the game. That's generally what makes them the better team. So I'm thinking A&M is going to control this game. They're going to be able to cover that spread. So that's where I'll be looking this week. All right. As far as DraftKings in this game, we've talked about him before on the show. Aeneas Smith, the running back from Texas A&M, he's 6,200 this week. Uh, sneaky tournament pick just because he's running back on DraftKings and essentially on the roster, but really he's a wide receiver for Texas A&M. Or, yeah, Texas A&M. Uh, second most uh, on the target share. 
and he's just pretty solid. Still gets some rushing carries, too. He had a rushing touchdown last week, so off of seven carries. bit pricey this week. Uh, usually he's priced a lot lower than this, but um, at 6200 But he does have high upside, especially against a bad Tennessee team. And like Wall said, they need to make a statement. So Kelly Mund might not be a bad play this week. I know he's been up and down, up and down, up and down, especially in the fantasy point aspect. But Kelly Mund, I think he's at 7100 this week. Uh, not a terrible play. Um, considering they have to make a statement here. If you really think Texas A&M is going to pull it out and win by big, he wouldn't be a bad idea. All right, on to the big game of the weekend in my mind, Wall. That's number three, Clemson 9-1 at number two, Notre Dame 10-0, 3 p.m. on ABC. I don't think you're alone, Woj. I don't think you're alone. Big game in a lot of people's mind. It's number two versus number three. They played already this season. In this game, Clemson. Minus 10 and a half, over under of 60 and a half. What do you think about them apples, Woj? It, it's juicy, Wall, and I'll uh, I'll make a uh, a juicy pick on that later, I'm sure. <laughs> Enticing. Uh, but this is the ACC championship. Uh, Notre Dame did join the ACC for this year, so they, uh, they will play in the championship game. They already beat Clemson once this year. Um, but over the past few weeks, I've been asking people about this game and what they think and what they think about Notre Dame, just because I didn't believe where they should have been in the rankings. I think they should have been number one. Majority of the people are saying it's going to be a different game with Trevor Lawrence and other than the true freshman DJ Wiongalele. Um, I, I completely disagree with all of those people. Um, Ungalele had a great game versus ND. He, I mean, I know the game went to overtime, but he went past it for 439 yards and two TDs for 66% completion pa- uh, percentage and no turnovers. That's a QBR of 89.7. Lawrence has yet to reach that number this season unless not playing the whole game. In Citadel, he had 98.8, and in Georgia Tech, he had 96.8. Neither of those games he finished. And at Citadel, he only threw it nine times. Um, so I don't. I wouldn't say that Ungalele is better than Lawrence. I just don't see how Lawrence and Ungalele changed the outcome of this game. I don't think Lawrence could have played any better than Ungalele did in that game the first time they matched up, Wall. Uh, you know, Notre Dame ran it down Clemson's throat, and that's how they won. 208 rushing yards to Clemson's 34. ETN only had 18 carries for 28 yards, averaging 1.6 yards per carry. Does that look like a number three ranked team in the nation to you? No, it doesn't. I'll answer the question right there. Karen Williams carried it for 23 times for 140 yards, 6.1 yards per carry. I mean, Ian Book did pretty well, passing 310 yards, 56% completion rating. That's what you get out of Ian Book. Uh, But the winner of this game was the Notre Dame offensive and defensive lines, allowing them to run it and stopping Clemson from being able to run it. Uh, And that's what it comes down to. Uh, it wasn't Lawrence, wasn't uh, Ungalele, even though he played great. Um, so having Lawrence back, I don't think does anything to this game, nor should it do, do anything to the line. Um, and I just don't understand why it's a 10.5 right now and why people think it's going to be a, just a different game with Trevor Lawrence in there. Uh, turnovers hurt Clemson the first time, none of which were we Ungalele's fault. Uh, and penalties hurt Notre Dame in their first matchup. That's why it went to overtime. Uh, Notre Dame is the better overall team at the end of this game. Uh, at the end of the last game, at the end of the at the end of this game, I'm pretty sure too. Uh, Sunshine is uh, in there or not? I don't think it matters. Well, that's a bold statement, Woj. I'm not gonna 
completely disagree with you, but I will push back a little bit. And I will say that, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is, he's not going to, Mac Jones is going to get the Heisman. Trevor Lawrence is not going to get the Heisman. Probably had something to do with COVID. But I think, in my opinion, Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the nation. I think the we're going to find that out in the NFL draft too. But I, I'm going to push back and say that I want the best player in the nation at quarterback, the most pos- important position on the field. I want him throwing the ball for my team rather than the backup. As good as the backup was, I don't disagree, DJ, but he's a true freshman, you know. Bring in Trevor Lawrence. I do think it has some impact in the game, but I won't completely disagree with you, Woj. I, I, it, we had a good quarterback that played that last game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, a couple, one guy to pick up uh, just quick for DraftKings, and this was Cornell Powell, the wide receiver from Clemson. He's only 6700 He's priced pretty good this week. Uh, it is a tricky play with Lawrence, though. Uh, Lawrence tends to spread out the ball out a little bit more. Leon Galele, uh it was his favorite target by far, and he, he stacked up some pretty good points in that ter- period of time when he was the quarterback. Uh, nevertheless, he's had some impressive games recently, and at 6700 he's priced well. Um, I just like him. He scored 31.1 fantasy points versus Notre Dame last time, but there is a quarterback switch, so you never know. Well, if you think about it, step back. What's the best thing in this game for the ACC? You know what, Woj? I'm going to tell you the answer. The best thing for the ACC in this game is it's not played. If this game is not played on Saturday, <laughs> they have two teams in the playoffs. There's there's no answers yeah. or buts about that, right? No. So I, uh, it, yeah. It's really a hard game to handicap. And knowing that this game is better off not played for their parental, we'll call it their parental conference, it, it makes it really tough. I mean, I don't know if there's any odds out there for this, but the chances of this game playing play, there's got to be money yet to be made on this betting this game not being played. But, I, you know, I don't want to get in these conspiracy theories, Will. I don't want to get into those. I have myself, I have ulterior motives in this game. I don't know if you follow along with that 10 to 1 Notre Dame to win the ACC in the beginning of the year. Did you hit that one up or no? Uh, I did, Well. You did. There you go. Hey, now you can listen to me, Woj. I can I can maybe teach you something if you if you actually listen to me, which you're probably better not to listen to me all the time. But if you took Notre Dame 10 to 1 to win the ACC, you bet $100 on that. You can hedge this game, Woj. You can bet $831 on Clemson on the money line. This is going to yield you a guaranteed profit, $168.29. That's a 68% return on investment over the last three months. I'm definitely going to lock in a profit on this one, but I'll probably shade it a bit towards that ND winning outright. Ten and a half is a crazy number for this game. You know, it's not often you see a healthy number two and a number three playing with a ten and a half number on the board. But this is likely accounting for the fact that Notre Dame, you know, they they might get blown out. Clemson does blow out teams. Not really my thoughts, but that's a possibility. But if you did take that bet, you followed along with us at the beginning of the year. This is one way where you can lock in money no matter what happens in this game. Just hedge it on that money line with Clemson. I like it, Well, Guaranteed money. Return on investment. Yep. A yep. couple other plays for DraftKings this week before we hit up to our last couple of games. Uh, Renard Bell, the uh, wide receiver for Washington State, he's only at 6,400 this week. He's 36% target share in the first three games, 39 targets, 27 receptions. Safe to say uh, he's a safe play with double-digit targets in every single game so far. Uh, including the USC game where they got toppled. Uh, he's a safe bet into Utah, which gives up 50.3 fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers and tight ends. So don't let that Utah defense scare you on that one. 
another couple of good plays is USC and Old Miss. With the win over Florida, I'm opting not to fade LSU this week. Old Miss has the worst D in the SEC. Yes, worse than Vanderbilt and LSU for that fact. Uh, fantasy points per game to wide receivers and tight end is 65.3. Fantasy points per game to quarterbacks is 25.8. Fantasy points per game to running backs is 38.3. That's terrible. Uh, Max Johnson, the QB from LSU, is only 6,800. Keyshawn Bolton, the wide receiver from LSU, is their number one target right now, is only 5,700. And Jerry Jenkins, another wide receiver that's been exploding to second in target share, uh, since all the opt-outs and been, people have been dropping out, is only 4,300. Uh, take your pick or take them all. Uh, I just like LSU into the old Miss uh, defense after that win on Florida, and I really like Mac Johnson at that $6,800. That's it. That's dirt cheap for quarterbacks. That's the bargain bin for quarterbacks this week. Uh, Jaden Wally, the wide receiver from Mississippi State, they're going to have to keep up with that LSU team. He's only 5,900 this week. It's a better price for Wally. He's been much cheaper than that. Keep an eye on Malik Hurth's uh, health. If he's good to play, uh, I don't know if I'd spend that much on Wally, but if he's not, I would definitely spend 5900 on Wally. And then you can basically just spin around a pinwheel and throw a dart to basically figure out what other wide receiver from Mississippi State is going to catch a touchdown. But this week only at 3900 Austin Williams, uh, he's on the cheapo. He's got a touchdown his last game. Uh, he had 11 targets and 10 grabs for 64 yards and two, DT, two TDs in his last two games. Uh, just question is, can he keep the TD train rolling? And again, Mississippi State likes to spread the ball around, so you never know. But with those numbers coming off those games at only 3,900, that's a pretty good pickup for a sleeper. Yeah, well, I don't see uh, I don't see Ritter on that list of yours. I don't see Smith, Prince, Dokes, Stokes. I mean, Tulsa, Cincinnati, no love from DraftKings this week, huh? No, and I'm surprised. Cincinnati, I liked watching them this year. Uh, I think they're going to overmatch Tulsa uh, pretty big time. I think the over-under is at 45.5 with a 14-point spread. Uh, what do you think about that, Wall? I think you need to watch the Cincinnati team because this is when the talking heads start talking next week. That's what they're going to be talking about. You're going to have Cincinnati 8-0. If they put up big numbers against Tulsa in this game, Tulsa's a very good team, 6-1 and on the year. I, that's what the talking heads are going to be talking about, 9-0 with Cincinnati team not getting into the playoffs. Uh, we'll see what happens, but it would be worth watching the Cincinnati team play a, a good team in Tulsa, see how good they really are. Yeah, if there's a showdown out there with this uh, with this game in it, uh, you can't go without taking Ritter as your show, showdown captain pick. Uh, the guy is just a monster on DraftKings. Uh, slow start, but he's averaging over 40 points per game in his last five games with 21 TDs. 21 TDs in his last five games either on the ground or in the air. Uh, and obviously on the ground it's even better. Uh, going to be tough to stop him, I think, in this game. Accessory for Tulsa, even with their defense. Both defenses are good, but I think Cincinnati just overmatches them in this game. Uh, but on to our last game, Oregon 3-2, and two, not Washington. Uh, at number 13, USC 5-0, and oh, Friday 7 p.m. on Fox, Pac-12 championship wall. Yeah, it's a Friday night game. Maybe an oversight by us. We probably should have started with this one in case people pause halfway through and pick up on Saturday. But... USC minus three over under of 62 and a half in this game. You mentioned they stepped in Oregon. That is for Washington in the PAC 12 game, you know, Washington, they don't have enough scholarship athletes, Woj, to feel the team. A lot of controversy around this one earlier in the year, Oregon beat Stanford. 
That's why they have this tiebreaker. That's why they're in and not Stanford. If you remember, a note to that game, Stanford did not have their starting quarterback week one. But both those teams are sitting at three and two. Oregon gets the nod. Last year, Woj, when these two teams met, Ducks crushed USC 56 to 24. And that was at the Coliseum. That's where USC plays. They went into USC's home and crushed them. You know, two much different teams this year. USC stronger. Oregon obviously weaker. Oregon lost two straight now. Oregon State 41-38 and Cal 21-17. That Cal loss was very concerning, Woj. Cal is a team that had not won a game yet. That does not look pretty, does it? No, not at all. No, you don't want to lose your a game to a team that hasn't won yet when you're this late in this season, but that's what the Ducks did. It was disappointing. I am somewhat of a Ducks fan, but the Ducks, their wins come against UCLA, Washington State, and Stanford. You know, USC, we'll go to USC side of the ball. They haven't dropped a game yet, Woj, but, and this is a big but, they were down against Arizona State with a minute 20 left. They were down against UCLA with 16 seconds left, and they were down against Arizona with 25 seconds left. Let me repeat that. Arizona. Well, the comeback kids. <laughs> the, the, yeah, that's what people are saying them about them, Woj, but I want to emphasize this. They were losing to Arizona. A Kevin Sumlin coach team that lost by, what did they lose by, 100 last week? I don't know. <laughs> but that's the team they were losing by. They were losing most of the game, actually, and they came back in 25 seconds. So call them the comeback kids all you want. They should have never been behind, you know. It's it's bold. Baloney, I'll say. Let's keep it PG-13, even though we swear all the time. Oregon, this year, 2-3 and three against the spread. USC, 3-2. and two. You know, they're playing for the Pac-12 championship, Woj. Who wants it more? I don't know, you know. <laughs> Who really wants it this year at all, really? <laughs> Crystal Ball, he might be on his way out, Woj. There's a lot yeah. of talk, a lot of rumors that he might be on his way out going over there to coach that Auburn team. Gus Malzahn, unfortunately, got let go. He's one of my big favorites, but a lot of rumors Crystal Ball might be going over there, so his head might be other places for this game. Probably avoid this one with the small sample sizes and games they've actually played. Probably avoid it also for the reason that you don't know what Crystal Ball's thinking, and also who knows with this USC team that almost <laughs> lost to Arizona, Woj. I mean, they basically lost to almost everybody, uh, to be fair. <laughs> it's that been pretty true. bad. But, uh, but I do like watching USC, and it's not because of their offense, not because of the comeback wins, But and you're going to like this wall. Um, if I'm going to play a wall version of DraftKings where it's defensive players only, this is my number one draft pick right here. And we need to talk about this because we might need to do a uh, – a defensive player only draft. We'll have to make our own website for it. But the safety from USC, the Telanoa Hufunga, is amazing at his job and will be uh, picked pretty high in the draft, I would imagine. Uh, remember, while I say these numbers, they have only played five games, Wall. Only five games. 50 tackles, 30 solo, one sack, two forced fumbles, and four interceptions. I'll be watching Hufunga. There you go. Hey, those are those are some good numbers. I mean, I, I, I love defense. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I really love defense. But if I had to pick a best defender, it would probably be Surratt over there at UNC. I think he has 90-some tackles on the season. But, hey, I'm going to watch this guy now that you told me, Woj. I'll be watching him. Yeah. All right. On to uh, Woj and Wall Pick'em. We had double winners last week. You had UNC, who covered easily by the plus three. Uh, and I had Iowa plus one, and they uh, covered easily as well. Um, so that's a double win there. Wall, who are you taking this week? Well, I'm going to buck the trend, Woj, which will probably hurt me next week. But, hey, 
I say it all the time, preach what you teach, you know, practice what you preach, however you want to say it. AM minus 13 and a half. I'm not taking a dog. I've been big on the dogs the past few weeks. It's helped me out. But hey, AM, look for them to smash Tennessee. I'm taking a dog this week again. I got ND plus 10 and a half. I'm taking the dog. Got some money on the game. Uh, looking forward to picking up some money there. I, I, th- I think you're right. Trevor Lawrence does make an impact in this game. Um, not near as much as people think, though. I think the Notre Dame offensive and defensive line really handle this. Uh, again, great game. Love to see it. Sweeney versus Chip Kelly. It's going to be a coach mastermind. I think Dabo Sweeney has more utility uh, in can be more creative with what he has. And Chip Kelly just has to kind of deal with what he has because um, he doesn't have a Trevor Lawrence or a Weungalele at quarterback. He's got Ian Book, who in his own right has been good and is a really energetic and fun kind of guy to watch. It reminds me, I don't know if anybody remembers the Iowa quarterback Drew Tate from back in the day, but uh, kind of the same kind of guy where obviously not fit for the full position, but gets the job done and, and is really energetic and hardworking. So uh, really looking forward to that game, Wall. Hey, which I hope it's close. You know, I, I hope it's a close game. I'm cheering for you in this one. Obviously, I'm putting money on Clemson money line, but I don't care what happens because, you know, I'm, I'm going to make money either way. I'll be cheering for you. Want a close game in this one. It's going to be exciting. Just as another side note, there is no fourth and goal uh, this weekend on Friday. Uh, go watch some football. Plenty of good football games out there. That's what I'll be doing. Uh, go watch some football this Friday. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram is college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. <laughs>